Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Now, we're going to talk today about peering, looking into your scroll of destiny. Woo! Praise God. And you uh, each have an individual scroll that God has written pertaining to your life and even the very days of your life. Let's talk about that today. But first, let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will come bringing fresh illumination and revelation from your word today. Let us be able to eat these tasty treats and digest them and thus be able to walk in the fruit of your word, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now we thank you. We thank you, Father. Your spirit is with us and helping us today in Jesus' name. And we all say amen. I'd like to begin today in Ephesians chapter 6. And let's go over to verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. There's a point where you do all that you know to do. You operate in the knowledge of the word that you have. And over the years, you, uh, you train yourself in the things of God and you work with the word. And then there comes the time where you put it all together. And then there can be these challenges and these tests that God allows where the enemy will test if you're for real or not, if you really believe what God says or not. And sometimes these trials can get pretty fierce, praise God. And there's a lot riding on the line, and there's a reason for that. Again, it says in verse 13, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, and then it goes into the spiritual weaponry that is worn by the Christian soldier, the Christian believer, praise God. But my friends, there is the time when you're, you're girded with all of your armor, you're dressed for battle, so to speak, and the fight of faith is on, and you do reach the point sometimes where all you can do is stand, praise God. And that's a good place to be at because the enemy wants to crack you. And what I mean by crack or to break the foundation would be your faith foundation, your underlying trust in God. Amen. But the enemy is not going to succeed. You're going to stand on everything that has been sown into you, put into you. And I'm here today to tell you with great confidence that you're going to make it. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. You're going to make it. You're going to do what God has called you to do. You're going to get it done in your lifetime. Okay. Now, when you get to heaven, there'll be some different assignments, <laughs> but everything in this lifetime that you're supposed to do, you're going to get it done. Amen. Now, uh, there can be, uh, challenges that the enemy will put up, uh, concerning your destiny and the attempts, the efforts that you make to fulfill that. Praise God. And that's just normal. You need to know that. And that's okay. We're ready for that. Now, let's go to Psalm 40. 
We talked about, uh, well, actually I did some teaching from this psalm on our last Wednesday program, and uh, we are on a 31-day prayer journey, uh, getting up every morning and praying, and people from all over the world are on this journey, and uh, that's people from all over the U.S., people from all over India, uh, as far as the Fiji Islands, and uh, all, just all over the place, really. So people are getting up every morning praying. Some are uh, endeavoring to go uh, with this prayer time where they get up every morning and have their one hour with the Lord. And they're endeavoring to do it uh, without any interruptions where they miss a day. And so we have those that are endeavoring to go 31 days, and then we have others that are endeavoring to go uh, a little bit further, which is 77 days. The key, of course, is consistency. But now, let's go back again to verse 6. Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, my ears you have opened. We know the psalm is written by David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and at the same time is Jesus in a sense, speaking through David, because these are events that happened in the Lord's life. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Now look at verse 7 carefully. Then I said, now we know that David said this, but again, this is messianic. All theologians will tell you there's a lot of uh, messianic statements in Psalm 40. So in a sense, this is Jesus saying this. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. Woo, praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's the Torah. Uh, no. In the scroll of the book. Now, we, we certainly would admit that you see Christ all through the Torah. When you study it, it's talking about the Messiah. You have messianic figures, everybody from Joshua to, and then later you get in the book of Judges, Samson, and all these types of Christ, uh, Moses, uh, and all of these different uh, men and women that God worked through, uh, it, it, but it was the shadow. But in the New Testament, we have the substance. But here we see that it's mentioned that the Lord would say, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book, it is written of me. So yes, we can say that in the Old Testament, uh, we definitely can see all of the typology, that's a theological word, uh, all of the foreshadowing of the coming Messiah, who is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, praise God. Now, there is also an individual scroll that God has for the life of every believer, and that would involve what you would call your destiny, or basically the purpose that you are put on this earth for, the things that God wants you to do to bring him glory. You could call it the heavenly assignment while you're on the earth. Woo, praise God. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It's written of me. Now, there's a, there's a scroll also, the scroll of the book. Uh, for you, there's one for you as well. You know, I remember when uh, the pastor, Roland Buck, uh, he talked about the various times that he was taken to heaven, and a very famous book was written about his life called Angels on Assignment. But uh, Roland Buck was taken to the library of heaven 
and he was shown the scroll of the book of the life of Abraham and how Abraham fulfilled the things that God called him to do. Praise God. Now, somewhere in that library, there's a scroll of your book, praise God, of your life, of things that God has on the calendar for you to do. Now, there can be a little bit of play on some of those things, but some of them, uh, they will happen on certain dates at the certain hour, exactly like it says it will. Now, I was in that library once, and I, I did not really see the gigantic scope of the library like some other ministers who've seen it in visions, but I was taken there, and I was shown some of the content and some of the material that I would write in future books. And some of those things I've checked off, and some of those other things I haven't written on yet in a published format, some of those I'm actually working on right now. Amen. So I've got, I've got things to do just like you do. Praise God. Amen. But you need to know that, that there is a book of destiny for your life. And this is probably the reason that uh, with your life and with mine, there are certain things that we find no interest in. Um, now, some people may have a great interest in it because that pertains to their destiny. But there are some things that I look at, even some things that people might be very excited about, and it doesn't move me one, one bit. I mean, it's, there's no life in it at all to me. Why? It doesn't pertain to anything in my book of destiny that God has concerning his plan for my life. And because of that, um, there's no attraction uh, to those things. And also because of that, there would be no distraction. On the other side of this, there can be the element of uh, there is a divine call in the sense of destiny and purpose, but you don't know what it is. That can lead to what I call uh, an unfulfilled life, or maybe we could describe it in just an old-fashioned word, boredom. <laughs> you don't know what you're here for. <laughs> I mean, besides to you know eat, sleep, uh, uh, breathe, and eat, uh, etc. But really, as far as that divine purpose, uh, it's possible to even be a believer and not really pick up on that core thrust. Mm -mm. So let's talk about that today because you're going to make it. You're going to do it. You're going to discover it if you haven't yet, and you're going to get it done. Can you say amen? Woo, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go over to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1, verse 4. Let me grab a drink of some hot tea real quick. Now, verse 4. Just as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world. Now, we can just blast right through this and read this, but this is some, uh, this is stuff that uh, when you think about it and you med meditate on it, it's a very deep realm to explore that before the earth was ever created, God the Father saw you in Christ. Well, Pastor Stephen, how, I mean, I wasn't even born yet. I wasn't even saved yet. How, how does all of this, it's deep, isn't it? But it's still reality. Praise God. Now, you need to understand that. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Well, it's not God's will that any should perish, but you know what? The sad truth is that there will be those who do. There will be those who do not repent from their sins and turn to God and receive Jesus as their Savior. So, God wants all men to be saved. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do we know who's predestined uh, to be saved and who's not? Well, we don't really in a sense, which is why we preach the gospel to all. You know, my wife and I were uh, at the airport. We were flying back from Israel. We were in London at, a, at the London airport, and my wife uh, we struck up a conversation with the man uh, in the line before we got on the plane. And my wife, she's a soul winner, and she tried to work Jesus into the conversation. And he said something that allowed her to kind of bring, you know, God into the conversation. And his response was so icy, cold, and he was so uh, not only like not interested, he was just like, I mean, there was such a like spirit of uh, death and uh, just like he didn't want any, he wouldn't want to go to heaven. He just didn't want anything to do with that. And he let us know in a very short way that uh, that's a, that's a conversation he does not want to have anything to do with. Well, we do pray for people. It is possible for people to repent. But even when Jesus ministered and you had many of the religious leaders that watched him visually do miracles, notable miracles right in front of them. And they still didn't repent. Even after Lazarus was raised from the dead and they knew it, <laughs> they still didn't repent. And a lot of people saw him come out of that tomb also. And there were those that still did not believe. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Well, we thank God that we do believe. Amen. And we're going to pull a whole bunch of other people to heaven with us that are going to come along. Amen. Praise God. That's our responsibility. Thank you, Jesus. But there is that, that identity in the mind of God of us being in Christ even before he framed this world and created this planet. Amen. So there is an element of predestination. Well, Pastor Stephen, we just all have free choice. We have free will. We can do whatever we want. Well, yes and no. You have to be real careful with that because as a, as a serious believer, and I, I really believe God works with the tithe. He works with the 10%. I know there's a lot of uh, rebels in the church that they're not going to tithe even if Jesus came down and said, I'm still receiving the tithe, which is what he did say in Hebrews chapter seven, verse eight, but they're, they're not going to do it no matter what, <laughs> you know, they're in every church. It's, it's, it's okay. I understand that. But God works different with the remnant. He works different with those that really do want to do whatever it takes to obey him. So this element of we've all got free choice. Well, what about Jonah? Oh, he's got free choice. Uh, really? Seemed like to me that if he didn't obey, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what was going to happen. So there is a place you step into with God where you understand what's written in that book and you know that you're on the hook for that and you can't live your life. Certainly not, not like those in the world do, but you can't live it like nonchalant Christians do either. 
What did Paul say about his calling, his ministry? He said, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Well, Pastor Stephen, that kind of sounds like if he's not going to do it, he's probably going to die. Uh, yes, exactly. You think God's going to extend all of that mercy to a murderer and pour that on him and then have that man turn around and just waste it? I, if you did, you better get ready to check out. You're not going to live your life out. That, by the way, which is what has happened to uh, quite a few ministers over the centuries. You get this tremendous grace gift, and then you, uh, you exploit it for selfish gain, or you, you hurt God's people, and he's the one that picked you up and, and out of nothing and uh, you know, gave you this anointing, gave you this grace, and you turn around and abuse it. You're probably not going to be around too long. So you learn to follow the Lord, especially when you start connecting with the book of destiny and you know that uh, your life is planned and you better follow the plan. Reminds me of, um, oh, Benson Idahosa. I've shared this story before, but the time he came from Nigeria and he went to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma to see his spiritual father, uh, T.L. Osborne. And T.L. Osborne told uh, uh, Brother Idahosa, he said, I'm going to give you a home. And he let him choose from three homes. And uh, the one he chose was, of course, the nicest one. And that night, he was in that home, or actually, he was about, they were about to buy that home, but he was in the home of T.L. Osborne because he had found the mansion. And, and uh, T.L. Osborne was going to buy this mansion for him. And that night, the Lord came to ben Benson Idahosa, said, get back to Africa or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> now, I say that to evangelical Christians. They just like, they've heard so many grace messages. They can't, they can't, uh, they can't go there. That's okay. Uh, I, I can go to these scriptures because I understand these things that when you really submit to the Lord and you start peering into that book of destiny, uh, yeah, your days of goofing off and wanting to retire at 55 just so you can go lay on a beach and drink, uh, you know, sweet tea for the rest of your life, that stuff like that, man, you couldn't, you couldn't get me to touch that with a 40-foot pole. <laughs> By the way, Benson Idahosa went straight to the airport and got out of there and went back home. And look what he accomplished. Look what he accomplished. He actually accomplished everything that God called him to do to the point where uh, after having done all kinds of things, even having built the hospital, uh, which took over 100 million U.S. dollars to do it, and he didn't use any Americans to do it. He, this is money that he's raising through the empowerment that God has given him through the ministry uh, gift. And after having done everything that God called him to do, he just sat down one day and said, I'm leaving. I'm going home tomorrow. Told all of his workers, said, I'm going home tomorrow. And, uh, uh, and it, the next day he left, he died, and went to heaven, but he had done everything. Praise God. Very, very interesting. Let's go further. Psalm 139. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you may be thinking, I don't, I don't know, Pastor Stephen, if I want to look into the scroll of destiny. <laughs> yes, you do. Jesus said, you have to lose your life to find it. Do you catch that? Your life, your natural life, maybe what your parents planned for you to go to college and get a degree and grow up and be a doctor, that's sweet and nice. There's nothing wrong with that unless that's not written in the scroll for you. But if you find out what's in that scroll, 
You better sell out to the Lord. In other words, lose your life. And when you do, that's when you find his. And his is perfect. Paul called it in the book of Romans, the perfect will of God. And there's nothing better, even when it's a challenge at times, even when it has its own uh, unique set of uh, things that, you know, you have to work with and overcome, but uh, nothing better, nothing better on the earth. Praise God. Well, we're over in Psalm 139. Let's go down to verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when us yet there were none of them. So every day that God had planned out for an individual is all recorded in the book. In your book, they are all written. Every believer has a book of destiny for their life. God told the prophet Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. <laughs> well, before you ever popped out, before you ever came out of your mother's womb, I knew everything about you, knew your destiny, knew your purpose, knew, knew, knew you were going to be a prophet. And so uh, it's, it's that knowing what God has for you, praise the Lord, peering into sometimes being allowed to peer into the scroll of destiny. By the way, that's what's so beautiful about the gift of prophecy. What is it doing? It's revealing insights into God's will and plan for that person through the spirit of prophecy, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit to prophesy to somebody. And, um, uh, in some ways it's like you're reading their, you know, they call it reading their mail. Well, really it's like reading their book, reading their destiny book. You know, I was next to a minister one time and I was, I was preaching. He was kind of close to the front and I just stopped and I said, uh, I said, pastor, um, there are many pastors in the room, but I said to him, I said, pastor, the Lord shows me that, uh, God has a plan for you to be involved in raising up an orphanage. You're supposed to be involved with helping orphans and, and being involved in, a, in, in an orphanage. You know, I don't go around giving many orphan words to people about, like, raise up an orphanage or something like that. Uh, but he, he began to weep. He said, Pastor Stephen, I, I am an orphan. He said, I was raised in an orphanage. I don't, I never had any parents. I never had a mom or dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's going on? Uh, prophecy allows you to uh, look into that person's destiny, in, in, in a sense, their scroll of destiny, and give them some um, insights concerning that. Amen. Praise God. Oftentimes when I'm next to a minister, and I don't even know what maybe the name of their church or the name of their ministry is, the Holy Spirit will tell it to me. He will tell me actually the name of their ministry. And, um, you know, this is not like, like pre-searching on, on Google or something like that. No, because I, sometimes I meet them randomly or on the spot for the first time. So I'm just sitting there talking. <laughs> so what is that? It's confirming that they are on track uh, they got the name right, they got this right, and they're moving in that right direction. And it really puts the um, wind in your sails. Can you say amen? Mm -mm. Again, 
your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me. Every day has been already written out. When as, uh, when as, yet, as yet there were none of them. So before the days were ever, you know, you ever got to that point, it's all planned out. Glory to God, which is why you should be getting up early every morning and praying. Why do people that are God's children sleep in and see and seem so bored about their life? It's very, very simple. They have no sense of destiny. They have no sense of personal destiny. And so they just think, well, I guess I just get a job. Any job will do. And I'll just work this for the rest of my life, long as it's got good retirement benefits, and I guess this is what I'll do. Wow. But uh, what if God has what, something else for you? What if instead of working uh, for some company, you're supposed to start your own company and end up with 2,000 or 3,000 employees? Oh, I, I, can't, I can't envision that, Pastor Stephen. Well, could be written in the scroll of the book concerning you. This is why we need to be very, very prayerful and that you get on track with God's plan for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Look at um, this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. There always will be around big doors. Now, we're going to go through the door, but don't think that the devil just sits there and says, well, well we're going we're gonna to give you a gift too for graduating to a higher level. Oh, he's going to give you something, all right. It is a, um, it's another uh, higher realm of resistance that comes when these great doors are open. So never be negligent on your prayer life. And please also pray for me, praise God, and for my wife, amen, as we are on the front lines. Uh, every week, uh, ministering to a satellite footprint of over one billion people. And yes, there are a lot of people watching, a lot of people all, all over the world watching. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What really brought David out of this place of obscurity where nobody knew who he was, to a place of notoriety. Well, he had a big door open for him. What was the door? Uh, it was Goliath. <laughs> well, that's awful. Uh, depends on how you look at it. But that's what made David famous. So there was a big door of opportunity. He went through it. Goliath was standing there by the door. But you know, with your faith in God and knowing also that you're destined to be a giant killer. It's just another day at the office. Praise the Lord. That's what, uh, that's what uh, David did. He killed giants and raised up a company of men underneath him that went out and began to do the same thing also. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. There have been uh, fossil records of giants all over the earth, not just the Middle East, but all over the earth. Well, what happened, Pastor Stephen? Well, they were centered there in that land of Canaan, but once they started getting killed 
and uh, you know David and his men began to drive them out. They left. They're like, well, let's get out of here. <laughs> so they 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 had been found in South America. Remains have been found in North America and around the world. On and on it goes. And eventually they died out. Praise the Lord. But my friends, life operates through doors, and you go through the destiny doors that God has for you. I remember. Um, it was about maybe 15 years ago, a door opened for me. I, I, I remember exactly where I was at. I was in my car in a parking lot, and I got a phone call. And uh, when I got off the phone call, I knew that a destiny door had just opened, and my, my ministry would never be, the cha- never be the same. And it wasn't. I actually got out of my car and ran around in circles in the parking lot with my hands in the air. I knew I had just gone through a major, major destiny door. Were there challenges? Yes, unlike anything I'd ever met before. (laughs) But with God's grace, overcame them all. Praise God. And I'm still moving forward today. But you need to recognize those doors. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Okay, so we'll take that. Maybe it's a more fierce form of persecution. Maybe some people that... Uh, you thought might receive you. Maybe they don't, they're not too happy about this or that now or whatever the case might be, but you just move on in God and you keep walking forward in that destiny scroll of your life. God's plan, God's good, wonderful plan for your life. Amen. Praise God today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, um, I couldn't help but think earlier when I was meditating on this subject um, some years back. It's been over a decade. My wife and I, we hosted the man of God, Neville Johnson, here in Moravian Falls. So he came all the way from Australia to minister here. And uh, my dear friend, Wade Taylor, Dr. Taylor, he came also. Now, all of these men are in heaven now. Dr. Taylor, he's in heaven. Uh, Neville Johnson, he's in heaven. But these men came. And we had a really, uh, we, we had some really good meetings. And what happened is that, um, you know, we had filled up the hotels. And uh, so for the speakers, I had them stay with me in a very nice cabin. It was, it was a remote cabin, but it was very nice, very comfy. So I was there with, with Neville. I was upstairs. He was downstairs. And I came down one morning, uh, this was before the conference had started, and he said, Stephen, he said, I had a visitation from an angel last night. I said, well, what was his name and what was his purpose? Well, he said the angel's name was Destiny. Okay, so the name reveals its purpose. And he said this angel had this robe on, and it, it it could like pull its robe out like that, and, you know, you see the insides of it, and the insides and, the, and even the outsides of the robe were, were uh, covered with all of these beautiful, sparkling, uh, like, gemstones. And uh, the density was just incredible. He said there were so many gemstones. And what this angel would do is this was uh, a destiny angel, and this destiny angel would come to a person's life and would release the destiny stone for that person's life, which would be an understanding of their purpose and assignment for being on the earth. 
which is not just to sleep at night, eat during the day, go to work, and that's it, you die and go to heaven. No, it's the reason you're here. It's the reason God put you here. And God knew the reason before he ever created the planet. He already knew. He already knew you would be here during this time, living this life, and this is God's plan for you. And it's so the destiny angel would release that revelatory knowledge to the person through the release of that stone. And so uh, that angel actually came into one of the meetings. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that uh, uh, I guess you could say got the peer into their scroll of destiny. It's like, boom, the light, the light went on. The light went on. Praise God. And people began to understand, grab some things. Not all of it, because there will always be the element where we walk by faith, not by sight. So not, God's not going to let you just sit back and read the whole thing line upon line. You have to live your life by faith. But He will give you those things with such deep inner conviction that you know that you know. This is not something your soul is fabricating. You know that you know this is like in your blood, as we would say. This is what causes your heart to beat with passion. Ooh, praise God. Amen. Well, Neville didn't know this. I told him this later, but there was a lady uh, who was a neighbor uh, of ours that was attending these, these uh, meetings in this conference, and uh, she was blessed. She was listening, and she began to question God's plan for her life, and she, she basically said, Lord, I feel like I'm doing what you want me to do, and uh, what, what she did for a living was she worked with troubled youth. These were youth that uh, the parents had problems. Maybe they were drug addicts, and so the parents can't take care of the kids. The state would take over, uh, and now you have a, a child with no parents and uh, feeling like totally out of orbit and uh, usually not a Christian, usually having no knowledge of God. So you've got a young teenager with all kinds of problems. And those were the, that was the age group. And that was the, uh, and she would work with young girls. That's who she would work with. And she was just, uh, she told me, she said, you know, Pastor Stephen, this job is very emotionally demanding. And you pour into some of these uh, young girls and, uh, oh, it's, it's just not, it's, they've got so many things to overcome. And she said, uh, I cried out to God, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this, is this my destiny in a sense, at least at this phase of my life that I'm, I'm to pour into these young girls? And she said, God, it's so difficult that I'm going to go back to work on Monday. And if you don't speak to me, with an absolute knowing. She said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. It's too hard. Now, you're going to have trials, difficulties, and challenges in life. That doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong. It could be that you're doing everything exactly right, and the enemy wants to thwart that because you're about to bump up to even a higher level of functioning in your calling. Well, she went, uh, we, we finished the conference and uh, on Sunday, and she went to work on Monday. And her supervisor met her there and said to her, um, hey, I've got a new uh, young person for you that we want you to take over and be the main voice in her life and to, you know, help get her structured because, you know, I think the young woman was maybe 13 or 14 years old, but um, she had a frazzled life and all of that. 
that goes with um, you know all of the, all the things she'd already been through. So, you know, this this precious lady said uh, to the supervisor, she said, uh, "Well, this young person, I'm going to be taking taking over her files and ta you know guiding her. What's her name?" The supervisor said, "Her name is Destiny Church." <laughs> No, I'm not making this up. And uh, so my friend said, uh, what? What is her name? And the supervisor said, it's her legal name. Her name is Destiny Church. And so, you know, this dear woman began to cry. And she knew that uh, this was God's plan for her to continue to minister to these troubled young girls that needed a lot of love and needed to know about Jesus. And, of course, she's a spirit-filled believer, so she's in the right place to help them. Praise God. Amen. You know, there is a scroll of destiny for your life, and you need to ask God, what is your purpose on this planet? You know, every time I've had some uh, tough going, uh, there's always one thing that God does that he will show me somehow, and sometimes in a very unusual way, that the moment he does it, it doesn't matter what the challenge is or what I'm going through. I get happy. <laughs> I get happy. Amen. I remember uh, it, was, um, it wasn't very long ago, maybe like a year and a half ago or something like that. I, w I went to the kitchen in my house. I made a little sandwich, and I think I, w I put some chips or Cheetos or something on the plate, you know, with my, my little sandwich, and I grabbed the Dr. Pepper out of the refrigerator. Okay, and I took my food, and I was going to go go back upstairs to my office at home. And when I'm I'm walking through the hallway in my house from the kitchen through the hallway to where the stairs are at, and I'm carrying my food on a on a plate, and I've got my my soda in a hand, and um, I came to this one area of the hallway where there's a mirror and a place you can hang your coat, hat, whatever, and there was an angel standing there, and I, I stopped, and he held something in his hand that to me, it's that thing that to me really kind of gets my blood cooking in a very, very good way, a very holy passion. And he held this thing in my hand and he said, you never need to be envious of any other minister because, because God has his own special plan for you. And I, I could see into the scroll. I could see I could see this angel holding something that is in my destiny. Is it there yet? Uh, no, but I believe I'm closing the gap. Praise God. And there are certain things that make me tick. I, I can't describe it, uh, but it's never left me. I've had it ever since. Basically, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I knew I, I could somehow, something about nations, international, just pick me up, just gets me going. You know, it was uh, wasn't too long back. I'd finished a fast, not not like a not like a real long forty day fast or something, but I did go ten days, no food, and just drinking a juice. And uh, I, after ten days, I felt like a real happiness. So I came off the fast, and I went to Starbucks uh, to get a drink. And by the way, I know Starbucks in a sense is morally uh, they they have uh, some very bad philosophies. I guess we could say it like that, very anti-Bible philosophies. But don't don't be upset because I go to Starbucks. My wife and I, we are your friendly apostolic voice to Starbucks. <laughs> we go to Starbucks and we share the love of God with these uh, with these workers 
And um, yes, they, they need Christ just like anybody else. So I, I went to Starbucks drive-thru to get a drink. My wife is in the, uh, you know, the passenger seat up front. And I pull up, uh, pull, roll down the window, and there's a guy working at the window that I've never seen before. And I rolled the window down, and, uh, and he looks at me, and he said, huh. He said, I don't know you, but he said, if I were to guess who you are and what you do, he said, you probably are a TV minister, and you have a global TV ministry, don't you? I said, yes. My wife said, oh, my Lord. She said, he's on TV all over the world. And he kind of smiled. My wife said, are you a Christian to him? He said, no. <laughs> she tried to win him to the Lord right on the spot. I, I could tell he wasn't quite ready for that. I, I said, why don't you give your heart to the Lord? Uh, but he said, oh, it's, it's complicated. I said, well, Jesus can uncomplicate your life. But, you know, sometimes you're just there to sow the seed, and then somebody else will come along later who will reap the harvest. Praise God. Glory, glory to God. But see, there can be something where you know your destiny so strong, and you know what God has put in you so strong. You know who you are, and you know what you're here for. Praise God. Amen. That, that, I, I love Christian television. I have seen the power of it. It is still today, even with the social media, it is still the Pacific Ocean of global evangelism. There is no bigger net you can throw than television which is why we're not only on television in over 200 nations, but we're going to begin to uh, hit some areas where um, you would call it the dense area of the world. Sometimes uh, missionaries call it the 1040 window. It's where the densest population of people are. And we're going to begin to do some things by God's grace to um, reach into that highly populated area. Praise God. Please pray. Please pray for this. This is something sacred and holy. Please pray. Praise God. I'll share more in the days to come, but it does require a lot of prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, let me pray for you that whether through an angel or whether through the spirit of knowing, the spirit of revelation, let me pray for you that you that you see or catch insight into your scroll of destiny. Would you please lift your hands to the Lord? Lord Jesus, I thank you for those that are watching. I give you praise. Heavenly Father, these are your children, your sons and daughters. Before they were ever born, before the world was ever formed, you knew what they would do. You knew the purpose that you had for them as individuals. And I pray for them right now, Father, that you would reveal to them further insight into their purpose and destiny, their own particular assignment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. The real thing, the real thing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. And God is going to do that. Get ready. Amen. This is a week of going deeper with God. This is a month of revelatory knowledge flowing. Now, let me say this with all sincerity. You can never truly know God's purpose 
and destiny for your life outside of Christ. Even if you are in the eyes of the world, highly successful, somebody like Steve Jobs, who was world famous and made a lot of money and blessed humanity with some marvelous inventions, but you still cannot know your true destiny outside of Jesus. It's impossible. It's in him. God, the father saw you in Christ. So if you're not in Christ, there's no way you can get the fullness of the other part of this. So if you're watching me and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and savior, you need to get your life right with God. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are God's son. I believe you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. And I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. Jesus, you are Lord of all. So come into my life right now and save me. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Step into my life today. Lead me and guide me and show me, reveal to me your destiny plan for my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Now, somebody's probably thinking, Pastor Stephen, I'm a Christian, but I feel like I've made some um, wrong turns. Well, I do believe that God bakes in to the equation of your life. Um, how can we say? He factors in uh, wrong turns. He factors in mistakes. You know, Mercedes-Benz does that with their new vehicles. They, when they launch a new model that has been redesigned. Let's say it's like an S series, but it's the new series that is coming out. They already know that when they release it, there's going to be bugs. There's going to be quirks. There's going to be things that we didn't anticipate <clears throat> as much as we tried. There's going to be problems. So they bake into that um, within the budget and within the time frame, and with even within the service technicians, uh, room for error, room for fixing mistakes, room for overcoming problems that will show up. Praise the Lord. So if a car company has that kind of insight, don't you think that your creator does? So get back on track if you got off. And if you still aren't quite certain then you need to take a day, take a day and just sit down with the Lord, maybe on an off day, like a Saturday, or if you have that, take your Bible, a notepad and a pen, just hang out with the Lord and don't grab a hold of something until God has really confirmed it with you. But when you know, and you know that you know, then um, you're on target. I mean, I, I remember it was about, um, 12, maybe 12 years ago or something right around a time frame like that when I was so moved by the power of Christian television that I told the Lord in prayer that as soon as I get back, because I was overseas, as soon as I get back from my, this trip to India, I'm going to build a television studio out on this field out here. 
And Jesus actually had to come into a, a live recording that I was doing. I saw him in an open vision and he came into the recording and sat down in the studio and waited until I finished. And then afterwards told me, because he saw how intense and serious I was because people, I saw people getting saved and all of that. And he said, he said, don't build it there. He said, don't build it there. Wait, wait until I show you uh, the, the right place. Well, uh, over a decade went by before he showed us the right place. And we have purchased that right place. We're paying it off and we're going to build a studio where we can do it right. Praise God. Amen. So sometimes there is that element of faith and patience, but you still catch that core thrust of whatever it is that moves you. Praise God. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone that stands with us uh, prayerfully and financially as we work together to throw these giant nets for the end time harvest. Praise God. Amen. Glory, glory to God. Let's take Holy Communion together. If you are a Christian, you can take communion with us. Just grab some unleavened bread, a little cracker, pull off a piece of bread, okay, if you don't have one of these wafers, and grab some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it, and we thank you that this is the flesh, the body, and the blood of Jesus, and we receive it as such. Father, thank you for the Lord's body. Thank you, O God, for the scroll of destiny for each of our lives. Thank you for knowing what it is. We give you praise. Now, Father, we're going to continue to walk by faith, but we thank you that you do reveal purpose and assignment. We thank you in Jesus' name. As you receive your communion today, be expecting uh, the spirit of knowing to be working in your life, the spirit of revelation to be working in your life. Let's receive now. You know, in ministry, there's a million different directions a minister could go in. And... Uh, to be honest, television is a, is, a, is a special ministry. It is God's grace that He has put on my life for television. When I look at the various networks that we're on, you know what I see? And it's the same across the board. It's a repeat. If, if you look at this network, let's say like God TV, we're on God TV, God TV and you look at the different preachers, and then you go, okay, you see those ministers. And then you go over to another network. What do you see? You see the same preachers. And so over here, I, we're here. God's put us there. Over here, God has put us here. And you start to see that this is a calling that God has given to not a whole lot, but to those to speak to the multitudes and to throw the gospel net. Amen. We're teaching and preaching. And I don't take it lightly. It, it burns in me like a fire uh, that I can't even express in words. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for accuracy. Thank you for wisdom. We receive the blood now and its beautiful cleansing power. In Jesus' name, 
Let's drink together. Woo! Praise God. My friends, as these programs, these messages are blessing you, I would like to encourage you to sow into our uh, ministry, not only, of course, the ministry that allows us to uh, be on YouTube or live stream or what we would call more of the internet type ministry, but also on television. Because there's nothing about television that's cheap. <laughs> and that's okay because we don't serve a cheap God. God is a good God. And while sometimes we talk about uh, the planet has 8 billion people, uh, we can get real comfortable with that number without really realizing the magnitude of actually how many people that is. I mean, it's a mind-boggling number in reality. But television allows us to reach huge uh, amounts of these people with the gospel. So I want to encourage you to sow into our Pure Gold television ministry. You can do so online, stephenbrooks.org. And there's a, a header at the top that says Pure Gold TV. And you can click on that. Or you could also click on the link that says Give Online. And that's the header at the top says Give Online. And you could do that and just select the option of Pure Gold. And it helps us to pay for airtime. It helps us to, uh, re, uh, to be able to record uh, our programs at a very high level of broadcast quality. Praise the Lord. You know, the networks that we are on are world-class networks, literally seen all over the world. We record with some of the best cameras that money can buy and a beautiful set a custom set that my wife designed that took four months to build. Amen. Praise God. But my friends, thank you for helping us with the Pure Gold television ministry. I want to encourage you to sow a seed and sow something with the number seven. It could be $77. It could be something higher. I do know that the Lord told me one time that the golden number to sow in this area is $7,000. And it could be that God would speak to the heart of somebody right now. And I believe that he is somebody right now to sow a $7,000 seed into the pure gold television <clears throat> ministry. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. But whatever it might be, whether it's 777 or seven, or 77, or whatever the Holy Spirit is impressing on you to do, I would ask you to connect with this. Praise God. Praise the Lord. There's an anointing today. There is an anointing that's here today. I believe there are those of you that are watching that it was written in your book of destiny that one day you would partner with a man named Stephen Brooks and help him preach the gospel around the world through television. And that the lives that are changed and that the souls that are one and that the multitudes that are ministered into that are ministered to, you will share in the rewards with him. You will share in those rewards with him. And may I say that you most certainly will. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. Praise God. So thank you for standing with me, with your prayers and with your sacrificial giving. Now, right now, 
Whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to do concerning a holy offering, send it in. You can go online. As I mentioned, that information is also on the screen right now. Or if you would like, you can mail it in. Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. And just put a note, Pure Gold TV. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, spend time with the Lord and stay in the perfect will of God. Peek and look into the scroll of destiny, God's revealing supernatural knowledge to you now. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.